Hey, Warrior Woman, I have created something very cool. Warrior School. It's a coaching program and online community for women who want to get strong and learn how to train with their cycle. I've worked with hundreds of women over the last 12 years and a lot have struggled with the fact that they feel like they can't get the results that they want in their training. They don't know how to eat to support their cycle and training and often irregular and painful cycles stop them from training. Warrior School was birthed from what I have learnt and experienced myself over the last 12 years about training, food, and the menstrual cycle. In Warrior School, I teach you how to regulate your cycle, and you'll learn how to use it as a tool to support your training. I help you create a way of eating that supports your physiology, your cycle, and your training. And I teach you how to train, the best processes and methods used to progress to your goals intelligently and sustainably. I invite you to join this community of women who lift weights, track their cycles, and train with their cycles. Click the link below in the show notes. Okay, Warrior Woman, this is episode 60, which is super cool. And it will be the last episode for the year. It's only after 60 episodes that I am super clear on what the podcast is for. So that means there will be some changes to the podcast. The podcast will become Warrior School, a podcast for women who train. And I think being in tune with yourself through food, training and your cycle should be the norm. But as you know, it isn't. So I want this podcast to help you know your cycle. Learn how to create a way of eating to support your physiology and training. And I want to teach you how to train smart. Uh, I want to teach you about the processes and the methods so you can finally get the results that you want in your training. So together, we'll learn how to build trust with our bodies and get results. So I want you to... Do a couple of things for me. For now, I want you to download my 20-page ebook on your red umbrella. And this is the ultimate three-step guide to understand your red umbrella and gain clarity on how to nourish it. So I'll pop the link in the show notes below. Download it, do the activities, get clear on the state of your red umbrella. What prongs aren't working right? Then we're going to come back together in January and myself and other guests, we're going to do a Red Umbrella podcast series where we speak all about the Red Umbrella and the prongs of the Red Umbrella, how to get clear on the state of them and then how to nourish them, which is super cool and I'm really excited about it. So that's uh, what I am brewing up and cooking up right now is this Red Umbrella podcast series for January. 
This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burr. Episode 60. Uh, I wanted to finish this, I don't know if we would call it a season, um, but I wanted to finish the year talking about something that I think is really important. And it's come up quite a few times over the past week or two in my conversations. And I've called this episode Feeling Foreign in Our Bodies. And today I want to speak about this foreign feeling that sometimes we can feel when we're learning to embody our body, especially if our body has changed. So I was having a conversation with one of my warrior women the other day, and I've had this conversation many times. It's actually a super important conversation and one that I have a lot. And the other day she shared that she felt different in her body. So we were doing a uh, a program for her every six weeks. She does a new program cycle. And in that cycle, we jump on and we have a connection call. And we were talking about uh, the last program cycle, the new program cycle, how her body was feeling, and just uh, connecting and she shared that she felt different in her body. And I asked her what she meant. And she said that she felt foreign in her body, like it wasn't hers. She felt very different in it. Uh, And she was really struggling with how to embody this new body that she has. And she wanted support in how to navigate through this, how to work through it. We've been working together for two years uh, and through our work, she's learnt a lot. (laughs) Uh, She's learnt that she's been under eating and over training for years and we worked really hard on supporting her red umbrella. So looking at all the prongs and slowly spending time on those prongs that weren't working right and really nourishing them. And this has helped her rebuild a lot of trust with her body. She'd also suffered an eating disorder uh, in her adolescence. And so her relationship to food has been a hard one, but she has worked really hard on healing that relationship with her body and with food. So our work uh, together, we started looking at her red umbrella uh, when we started our training together and how we can start supporting each prong in her red umbrella to rebuild trust with her body. And this rebuilding of trust is actually, it's not an easy thing to do in a world that I believe really breeds distrust with the female body. So the diet culture uh, really uh, breeds this disconnection because it's telling us uh 
ways to do things which may not be the right way for our red umbrella, for our body, for our physiology. So before our work together, she didn't eat enough, she trained a lot, she didn't sleep well, she got injured quite a lot, uh, and she got sick quite a lot as well, and she was very stressed. And with restoring her red umbrella, so by slowly looking at her prongs and how to nourish them, and what we really focused on was eating more, training less, or really just doing a different type of training that supported her physiology and the state of her red umbrella. And then we worked on reducing her stress. And what happened was that her body composition changed. And she felt this friction between what I call her performing body versus the objectified body. So her lean muscle mass was higher And this made her weigh more because our muscle weighs more than fat. She was stronger. She had developed so much more upper body strength and she had more definition in her arms and she had stronger legs. She said bigger, uh, but I don't like that word. So I'm going to use stronger legs. And this change in composition, uh, this increase in muscle mass, Uh, made her feel foreign in her body. She uh, really needed the support in understanding this feeling and how to work through it. So I want to talk a little bit about the performing body versus the objectified body. So the performing body emphasizes physical performance. Uh, You know, what skill can the body do? How strong is the body? How does it feel? Uh, Is there uh, pain or injury? Uh, Whereas the objectified body emphasizes physical appearance. Uh, So it really emphasizes that weight, shape, or size. Uh, And often they create this friction. And I see it a lot. And this friction is often... Uh, happens at kind of two key places. One, when I first start working with a female, we have a lot of this friction, this, uh, you know, really wanting to achieve this objectified body, this certain physical appearance or this weight, shape or size. And often their goals uh, are about that. And then secondary to that, they do want... Uh, you know, they do want to work on their performing body. They may want to be stronger, uh, not be in as much pain, be a little bit more confident in their physical ability. And so there is this friction that we have to work through at the start uh, between the performing body and the objectified body. Now, this isn't her fault. You know, this friction isn't our fault. It is the result of this fictional belief, you know, that's been created by society or by diet culture around, you know, what we should look like, what we should weigh, our physical appearance. And so it creates a really big, big friction. Now, often uh, the second place that we can feel this friction is when we may have a change in our body composition. And now that may not be you know, what we perceive as uh, increasing in our weight or gaining more fat mass. Uh, Often this friction really comes from, 
you know, a female when she might put on lean muscle mass uh, and then weigh herself and she's heavier on the scales, but she's stronger. We've really worked hard on this performing body. And as a result, you know, she may have a higher lean muscle mass. So this friction is super common and, you know, something that I really want to spend some time talking about because I think it's really important. Because when we're in this conflict, so when we're in this friction, we often undernourish and overtrain, which can negatively impact our physical performance and red umbrella. But we're doing this uh, so we can achieve this objectified body, this emphasis on physical appearance. But you see, when we eat less and we train more, we change our body composition, we lose weight, it can be at the detriment to our health. So what do I mean by that? So often if we have a goal or we have a big friction between the performing body and the objectified body and we uh, do practices like eat less, train more, you know, with the goal to change our body composition, to lose fat mass, to lose weight. Uh, we can, what we can see is that we may uh, get irregular cycles or no cycles. Potentially, we could injure ourselves. Uh, we might have poor sleep and poor recovery. There might be a lack of progress in our training, poor immunity, uh, and often we can screw our metabolism. And we can start to develop negative relationships with food because, you know, this friction has created this goal to achieve this objectified body. And so then we're doing practices uh, and behaviors that are often at the detriment to our health. Because when we nourish our umbrella and give our body the food it needs, sometimes our body can feel different and our weight can even go up. And I think... Each of us has a set point at which our body thrives. Uh, so if we look at the hormonal world and with our cycle, they call it the ovarian set point. And that is, you know, the, the weight that we need to be at or how nourished our body needs to be for us to ovulate. Uh, if we look more in the physical performance world, you know, it's a set point at you know, at which we can perform, we can recover, we can reduce our risk of injuries, our immunity is good, uh, we have, you know, good hormonal health, we have a cycle. So each of us has this set point at which our body ovulates, it thrives, we have healthy regular cycles, a healthy metabolism. And what often happens is that, you know, when I start working with women, she's not near this set point because of this undernourishment and overtraining. And when we come back to this set point through, you know, looking at the red umbrella, nourishing the prongs, re-nourishing the body, uh, cultivating a training practice, you know, that supports her cycle and her physiology, uh, when we're coming back closer to this set point, our bodies can change. And that can be scary. They can feel different. They can feel foreign. I remember when I started to do weightlifting, Olympic lifting. So prior to that, I, was, I used to run a lot through university for five years. Uh, 
not because I loved it or, you know, I, I wanted to lose weight or change my body composition, just because it was a very efficient way for me to get out and move my body. And I had never done a lot of running before, so I wasn't good at it. Um, and so I wanted to get good at it. So I ran a lot. And then after my back injury, uh, that I spent 12 months, you know, cultivating a healthier, stronger spine and learning how to build a foundation again, how to move, you know, how to move from this weak, broken girl to this strong athlete. And I started Olympic lifting. And about a year or so into Olympic lifting, my body felt very different. I remember putting on uh, a piece of clothing and it not fitting at all because my muscle mass had increased a lot. You know, the, the width of my back and my shoulders. And that for a lot of women can be really hard. I remember I was having a conversation with uh, one of my other warrior women the other day and she had ordered some pants online and they didn't fit. And she felt this friction come up, this friction between her performing body and her the objectified body. You know, her performing body was able to do things that she couldn't do a year ago. You know, she can do five strict uh, pull-ups. She can do 10 to 15 uh, strict uh, push-ups. She can... You know, she had chronic knee pain, but now she can do single leg uh, squats. And we've made such great progress with her performing body that's moved her from feeling, you know, in pain and weak and broken to stronger and capable. But there is still this friction uh, that's based on, you know, a number. And, and that came up for her when her clothes didn't fit her. And so that can often be a triggering uh, experience is that, you know, when we try a piece of clothing on and it might be a certain size and we don't fit into it or it fits differently. And I think what's really key here is to, to come back to this, you know, to this staying in curiosity about the feeling, you know, it's not wanting to change it. Uh, it's really the work is in staying curious about the feeling and remembering all the things that have improved by nourishing our body, you know, by getting us back to our set point. Now, another big conversation I have with women is that, you know, I can get you there. Yeah. Say you come to me and you have a goal to lose weight or, you know, to change your body composition. We can, we can get you there. Yeah, I can get you there, but at the detriment to what? And I did an episode called The Expectation Reality Gap. And this is another piece of it because, you know, we can get to the, we can get to the objectified body. Uh, we can also have a really great performing body. You know, we can lessen this friction, but sometimes it's at the detriment to, you know, our relationships, our work, our cycle, our hormones, our set point. Uh, and I think that's really key as well, is that, you know, we need to remember all the things that have improved by nourishing our body uh, and getting us back to the set point. 
And there might be this gap between our expectation and our reality. You know, our body might want to sit at a place where it thrives, it feels nourished. We have healthy, regular cycles. We have energy. We can do the training that we want. We can recover well. And that place may not be where we think that we want to be uh, when it comes to the objectified body. Now, that's not right or wrong. It just is what it is. And, you know, when we take the long way home, that's what can happen. So I think staying curious about the feeling is super important. Remembering all the things that have improved by nourishing your red umbrella, by nourishing your body. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it's the long way home. Now, I don't think it's a bad thing to have a goal to change your body composition. It depends. It depends about your why. Uh, it depends, you know, on the relationship you have to your body, uh, on a lot of different things. But, you know, we need to do a lot of work uh, around your why and what results mean to you and, you know, this friction between your performing body and the objectified body. But then, yes, of course, you know, we could have a body composition goal. But remember, we're taking the long way home. And home is where one feels safe, secure, and comfortable. So home, I believe, is your body. And so many of us can't seem to find our way home. And it makes us feel unsafe, insecure, and lost, and foreign in our body. So, and remember, that's not our fault. In a world where taking the short way home, the shortcut, and following the status quo is sexy, so the diet culture, it's really hard to find our way home. It's, it's hard to uh, reduce this friction between the performing body and the objectified body. You know, to go against and to block out other people's opinions, the media, to really play that long game. Yeah, um, I remember I, in that same conversation that I had with one of my warrior women about the pants that she ordered online, she also said to me that, you know, it's really hard to trust this long way home when, you know, that this comes up when I feel this. Um, I want to bring it up for you. And I actually, I want to read you the, um, the little snippet because I think it's really powerful. She says, it is hard sometimes staying positive and trusting in taking the long way home especially in today's society. Earlier this week, I brought some online clothes and of course the pants didn't fit. Of course, then you begin questioning again the system and the process. Reading your Instagram posts helped me stay on track and reflect on all the positive work and progress we have made so far. Thanks for the little reminder. And then she goes on to list a couple of wins for her that week. That didn't have anything to do with the objectified body. That had more to do with her performing body. So when we go against, you know, we try and block out society, other people's opinions, the media, and play the long game to trust our bodies, uh, that's only when we can start to get home. Uh, so the long way home is this. It's this. It's the work. It's the hard work. It's the you know, it's learning about your cycle, learning how to nourish your body uh, to support your training and cycle. It's learning how to train that supports you, your physiology. 
uh, it's it's learning about you know this friction friction between the performing body and the objectified body uh, and it's choosing to take the long way home which is full of this exploration and discovery it's full of listening and feeling it's about building attention and trust with your body it's about patience and you know experiential learning it's about understanding your cycle and how to train with it and if you know me and you know my work <laughs> I believe the long way home is really the short way home when we ride the long way home, we get to see and experience more. We get to learn more about ourselves. So as I always say, you know, you can think of me as your mapping apps bestie. I'm here to help you navigate your way home. You know, I can help you find your way there. Uh, but when we get there... You look, there's not even a, a there, yeah? There's not really a destination, but we want to try and come back into our body and build trust with it, but don't get too comfortable. You see, I think home is a place where one feels comfortable and safe, where they have built trust, but we don't always feel it, yeah? And that's okay. You know, we may order some clothes online and then they don't fit and we attach to a number. Uh, and then... You know, we don't always feel that trust. We don't always feel safe and comfortable and that's okay and it's totally normal. But when you know how to get there, yeah, get back there, you can always navigate your way back home, back into the body. Yeah, you can always choose this set point, this place where the body feels nourished and it thrives. Okay. But there's still lots of work to do, you know, systems and language to change, diversity and inclusion, hard conversations, you know, examples to set for those who are lost and a lot of bumps to overcome on the journey. But I want you to stay curious, yeah, stay curious about the feeling. If you feel foreign in your body, just be open, be curious, uh, and that's what I want Warrior School, the podcast for women who train to be about. Yeah, I want you to think of me as your mapping apps bestie, that I'm here and other professionals that I get on the podcast are here to really help you navigate your way back home, back into your body to build trust with it. Okay, that's it. That's episode 60. Uh, that is it for 2020. I just want to, I want to say thank you. Like I'm standing here with my hands like right at the bottom of, you know, of where my diaphragm is and I'm moving them up into my heart and it feels so full. I have got such amazing feedback and questions and support uh, for the podcast and I'm so grateful that you choose to listen to this, you, you know, out of a really noisy world. <laughs> that there's a lot out, out there. Um, I'm so grateful that you choose to show up, to be brave, to learn about how to take the long way home. Uh, and you choose to listen to me uh, and this podcast. I, I just want to thank you so much. And I'm so excited to bring you Warrior School, the podcast for women who train in 2021, which sounds crazy. Okay, warrior woman, this December, 
go, enjoy, relax, have fun. And I will see you in 2021. If you have any questions, you can connect with me on Instagram at amykatebow. I also write a daily blog. You can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.